Welcome everybody to episode 75 of Door Tunes. So we've been away for a few weeks, obviously, um, letting the dust settle after our last uh, uh, interview. Um, so I thought, obviously, you know, when we're doing another interview, um, this one is an actual composer, is an artist this time. Uh, <laughs> um, and I think they'd like to uh, introduce themselves. Uh, hi, yeah, I'm Paul uh, from a band called 65 Days of Static. Uh, we make music, uh, noisy music, uh, mostly in the shape of a band, but sometimes we do soundtracks as, and weird other experiments as well. Yes, so you've been around since 2001, so 20-odd years. <laughs> That's a long time. It's a really long time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, don't know, I, 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 I don't know how we've managed to stick it out this long, but we are incredibly stubborn. So, <laughs> well, I mean, and also you're from Sheffield, so you're from up my neck of the woods, really. Because <clears throat> I'm only yep. in Leeds. Um, ah, right, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm from Manchester originally. Um, to two of the band are from Sheffield. One's from like, <laughs> Wales, but yeah, we all ended up there one way or another. And um, it's a great it's little good. city. It's changed a lot over the years. It has, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, half the live venues that we kind of mm -hmm. found our feet in, are, are, they're all gone now. Um, and uh, The lead mill? Yeah, there's something going on with that at the moment. Like, either the landlord wants to sell it or uh -huh. the council wants to shut it down. I don't know the full details, but it's, it's in jeopardy, which oh. is sad because... Yeah, I'm fairly certain that's where... Place. Obviously, we have a mutual friend, Mikey. Um, we've known them for years. And I'm fairly certain me and Mikey went to see a band there years ago called My Life Story. <clears throat> that was a very drunken night. I said about that. Proper, proper indie, right? Yes. My Life Story. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a wasn't really nice scene back then. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Sheffield's good for all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, that was a long time ago. I'm going to try and find my ticket. I've got a big um, thing of a plastic pocket with all of my gig tickets that I keep over the years. And it's nice to kind of occasionally look back and because sometimes you forget some, the, some of the people that you've seen. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> really, um, something I wanted to ask you, and this is obviously the big elephant in the room, is... Um, so you scored for um, Sean Murray for No Man's Sky. How did mm -hmm. that, I mean, tell me, how did that even, to begin it at all, how did it happen? Um, <clears throat> so they got in touch with us. I think it was probably early 2014. It might have even been late 2013. Wow, that um, long ago. And, well, it was, it was basically that what they wanted was to... Um, to use one of our old songs called Debutante for their announcement trailer. Mm. Uh, and whenever, whenever we get, get an offer like that, we just sort of check it out to make sure it's, you know, not something Legit. awful. And, um, yeah. They sent us um, a, a bunch of concept art and a, and a very sort of excited sort of blurb about what it was they were making. And as soon mm. as we saw some of the art, we were like, oh right, this is this is this is quite something here. So yeah. so we were like, uh, yeah, of course you can use this song. Do you have anyone to do the soundtrack yet? Because if you don't, uh, 
then we should we, we should chat about that. Um, <laughs> and I mean, it just turned out that Sean Murray was uh, a longtime fan of the band. So okay. I, rem- I remember going down to, to London to meet him, you know, trying to like, you know, desperately hold on to my kind of networking skills and pitch the band, <laughs> tell him why we should do the soundtrack. And then he kind of turned up to the meeting doing the same thing, being like, I yeah. really want you to do so It was dead easy. Uh, nice, happy, um, I mean, happy for us that, like, um, that, he, that he'd been a fan for a long time. And um, uh-huh. we've been looking for the right kind of soundtrack project for quite a while. And so just, just a happy accident, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at first, it was uh, a very simple, uh, like the, the first sort of proper meeting, once it was all agreed, it was like the, the, all of the band and Sean, uh, and the audio director who's called Paul Weir. Um, and we all, we all met and they were like, yeah, cool. Like, we don't even want you, we don't even want to give you a brief. Don't overthink oh, wow. it. We, we just want it, just like make a six to five days aesthetic album because that's the sort of sound that we want. Um, mm-hmm. And then when it was tacked on the end, it was a sort of like, oh, and by the way, once you've done it, we're going to like make it infinitely long. <laughs> and we were like, hang on a minute. That last bit sounds really interesting. Um, and so we sort of just uh, hustled our way into the yeah. the mechanics of, of mm-hmm. actually sort of making this stuff. Anyway, and, I'm getting ahead of myself for a week. No, and how exactly did you kind of, I know that obviously Six Five Days of Static as a band, you know, you, have, you do your thing, you know how to do that, you've been doing it for a long time. Um, <clears throat> but how did you approach kind of No One's Sky? Because as you said, you kind of were... Res- Kind of brought in with sketches of what they were looking to do, etc. So, how did you kind of think, right? This is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. And then, with what well, they said at the end about it being infinitely long. Yeah. Well, um, well, we we began like we had this. We had this big meeting. We chatted about all of our like our back catalogue and then various bands that Buston, Paul Weir, and Sean were all like all fans of and mm-hmm. various soundtracks and um we kind of after a few back and forth backs and forth so like i think i think they maybe put together some playlists of our material and um we kind of got a sense that but when they said they wanted a 65 days of static soundtrack they they really wanted uh like you know a, a quite a particular flavor of what we do mm. um because frankly a lot of what we do it's far too noisy and weird to soundtrack. <laughs> uh, it's a big game. Um, but what they really wanted was the, was the sort of more melodic, the kind of grand, mm. sort of often a bit melodramatic, big chord progressions and noisy, sure, but in a kind of... Melodic way. Melodic warm way rather than some of the yeah. sort of more abrasive stuff that, that we did. Um, and that was fine, you know, like you kind of like pared it all down. Um, it was interesting because we it, it wasn't it wasn't the direction that we had been going in mm-hmm. as a band. Like thinking mm-hmm. we were just going to start writing a new record, it would have been very different. But then suddenly, No Man's Sky came along, um, and so that was kind of the first step, I guess. Um, and mm-hmm. obviously, debutant the song that our, an old song of ours that they'd originally used for the trailer um, was a big touchstone for all of us. And um, uh, that's one of the very a very 
like we have a very few number of songs that, that have uh, vocals. Um, okay. and that one has vocals by uh, Debbie Clare, um, a friend of ours. Um, so we got her back in uh, for some of the uh, No Man's Sky stuff. Um, so that was all kind of the preliminary thinking. And then um, <clears throat> with the whole infinite thing, mm. like at, 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 at the beginning, uh, because of because of various deadlines at their end, we just needed to do a lot of straight up composing very, very quickly. Um, so what we did, it's, it's sort of what we do anyway, because, because we're, we're mostly like almost entirely instrumental band, mm -hmm. because we work uh, with, a, with a, a huge amount of electronics, um, as well as being a live band. Um, mm -hmm. We're quite used to when we're writing songs, you know, a song that might start as a little piano refrain will end up as this huge, like, electronic track, or vice versa, you know, like these big, big breakbeats eventually get stripped down to some guitar chords. Like, you know, these things get, like, we're quite, we're quite used to that. Um, uh, and previously, our working practice was just very merciless. And we would constantly jettison things that weren't working and, mm -hmm old hard drives and so on so with no man's sky just we uh we just sort of employed our usual writing practice but we just we, we kind of kept everything and mm. um forced ourselves to be a, a bit more organized and um <laughs> you know so like <laughs> it's not just kind of turn up at the studio and just you know <laughs> yeah yeah um, so a song, you know, a song that might start as a piano thing that slowly evolves into this big electronic yeah. monster. We would we would keep the piano thing and we would mm -hmm. record the piano thing and that would go in this folder and it would be called, you know, this song. Piano mm -hmm. takes, piano version and whatever. And so we would just uh, build up all these things and uh, if we would write half a dozen melodies, then when you're, you know, when you're writing a, a song where there's only space for one, you know, then the, the other five eventually just kind of get lost but they would then become variations that we would put aside and mm -hmm. so um basically while we were writing the first the, the album the sort of more conventional album uh it was all based around 12 i think it's 12 songs on that record that on the sort of main record um yeah. you know full, fully fledged listenable songs that stand up in their own right um they they kind of got the soundtrack-esque but they're like okay this is a, a song-shaped song um but every one of them basically had this library of either sound palettes or melodic variation or actual recordings of the band and, and so on. It's a cracking soundtrack. Um, and I, to, to be honest, I couldn't really imagine anything different now. You know, it must have been really Thank proud. You. you must have been really proud when you kind of saw when it was released to the public and they saw the, the, the original trailer. Everybody went mental about it <clears throat> yeah i mean it was amazing it was amazing but it was also made us quite apprehensive because when the trailer went live mm -hmm. it was great um to have our music heard by loads of people but we weren't actually on board for the soundtrack at that point yeah so it was a kind of like oh wow now this thing that we thought is cool the rest of the world thinks is also like it is cool as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it'll be really heartbreaking if we don't get to do the soundtrack. Um, <laughs> but for, fortunately, we did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, um, do you think 
now that you've done kind of No Man's Sky, that's kind of obviously put away now um, for you. <clears throat> do you think that now you're like, I know, I want to do another game, but I want to do this type type of game. Do you ever think kind of you'd like to do something else other than like the big grand space opera? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think just from a, from a compositional and technical perspective, Mm. Um, making music with game engines is a fascinating territory because everything just becomes non-linear and dynamic and responsive and um, there's just so many different ways that you can think about music like Mm -hmm. that that was like just that was such a crash course for us in thinking about music in new ways it's something we've always tried to do I suppose Um, so yeah, we'd absolutely love to do more soundtrack work, and mm. and yeah, I, it would be nice to um, to show that we have a bit more more range, I guess, yeah. because um, we've previously. I mean, our music does have a sort of big, or a lot of our music has a big sort of cinematic or sci-fi yeah. kind of feel, feel. sound. But but uh, but we can we can do a lot more, you know, like. Mm-hmm dig into our songs is little string sections and stuff it's just they might be buried underneath loads of distorted <laughs> guitar or, or break beats but we can do it we can do that um, yeah, yeah. but um also the problem is obviously uh in you know there's like there's a there's a thousand composers out there and um if if you're coming at if you're coming at it as a composer of uh, like as a composer for hire, I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but if, you, yeah. if you're a working composer, mm-hmm. um, then it's less about your, no, that's a bad way of putting it, but you know, you're expected to be able to do any sort of genre and uh, yes, yes, uh, and, and tailor your needs to the, uh, to the project, to the game. Um, yeah. And we've not come, we've not come at it from that. We've, we've been a mm-hmm. band first and foremost. And um, yeah. Um, it's very hard to sort of detach us and maybe it's an ego thing. I don't know. Like we're, and especially because no man's sky, they said just be 65 days of static. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so nice. Well, yeah, um, it's <laughs> nice, but we've kind of, um, we've always been allowed to sort of do what we, we want. Really. Yeah. Um, and so as much as I would love to do more soundtrack work, I don't want to get, I don't really want to, if we got the call to do the next big thing, I don't know, like call it, call of duty. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure we could do it justice. You know, it's not. It's just like yeah. it's just not our thing. Or um, like say like Warcraft or something. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. The kind of fan, it's yeah. sort of fantasy stuff. I don't know. Um, do you think that you've? But, um, do you think you've inspired other bands to do the same? I mean, I hope so. We've we've been around for long enough. That I, I mean, I'd like to think that um, that we've. Um, given some other people some, some ideas some good ideas um but do you, mean, do you mean specifically with computer games or yeah 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 yeah, they, they um, mean, yeah i mean i think what's really interesting interesting about no man's sky is that uh it was um i mean i, I think it's been a long time coming mm-hmm. but uh music is slowly starting to get more consideration more respect Attraction, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, like um, it's not just an afterthought that's quickly put mm-hmm. into the game. And, um, yeah. you know, a lot of the time, especially in the indie world, 
um, where there's a lot smaller budgets and, and mm. it's a very complicated thing. And very often it's the sound designer is uh, probably a musician too, uh, yeah. and so and so does the soundtrack and um, and and, big, and sound, I mean, sound designing is incredibly complicated and mm-hmm. sort of needs to be a musician even if you're not making music. So of course, like if there's already yeah. a composer there, why why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think No Man's Sky. Um, I mean, it was groundbreaking for so many reasons. But um, yes. what I what I would like to think, uh, like the small little part that we played in it, is that we were um, we were a, like a live band, and mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, we're, we're we're pretty tech savvy, and yeah. um, have become a lot more so since No Man's Sky. But um, we weren't like fully fledged software developers um you know we could we could muddle our way through some basic code but that wasn't our our speciality but 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 coming coming from the other direction were various sort of audio frameworks computer game engine frameworks that meant that people like us could actually get involved in a much more like integrated and complex way without necessarily needing that absolute sort of specialized skill Um, and like in the last five, six years, well, it's even longer than that now, isn't it? Since the game came out. At um, some time. That's like the, the sort of the barrier to entry has dropped even further, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to think that musicians, younger musicians or uh, less tired musicians um, <laughs> who like who look to us for, you know, might, might have been like, all oh, right, OK, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not super techie, but. I see that that doesn't necessarily stop me from. And so I wanted to ask you another question, um, kind of coming on from that, and what you were saying about the tech, tech and stuff, is your new project, Wreckage Systems. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because that seems quite interesting. Wreckage Systems is um, an endless broadcast of mm-hmm. generative music, uh, which can be found on the internet. Uh, at 65daysofstatic.com or on our YouTube channel with um, with accompanying visuals. Um, that was because, um, you know, No Man's Sky, we were just sort of, I mean, it's, it's very, you know, No Man's Sky is very much responsible for this sort of yeah. evolution of what we, what we, what we, we do. And um, when we were working on that record, we were actually... Uh, sorry, so after the record, when we were working on building the kind of all of the material for the dynamic soundtrack, we were yeah. up in Sheffield. The rest of the team were in Guildford. Mm-hmm. We were really quite isolated and left to our own devices. And we 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 didn't have access to the game. Yeah, okay. Um, or the game engine. We we so we we were kind of it was quite mm-hmm. hard to sort of uh, conceptualize or yeah. um well, hear what what all of these ingredients would sound like. So we ended up sort of building these systems ourselves, mm-hmm. learning various bits of new software, um, things like Unity or FMOD yes. uh, or, or Wise, these like game engine things. We would learn to use them purely so we could throw all of our music into them and actually mm-hmm. hear what it was going to sound like and then pass it, pass it on to Paul Weir and the team to, to yeah. actually put into the game. Like all we ever did was deliver raw audio. So, oh, okay. in, so, um, so in our little bubble, mm-hmm. uh, well, it was like we, we delivered raw audio and then like pages and pages of notes saying, okay, these go here and these go here and these go here. And 
they actually he actually put it all into the game. Um, so we spent all of this time learning all of these new skills, um, and and the project finished, and we were like, okay, um, what would happen if we used all of this but applied it to us, you know, yeah. like what, what, what can happen if you apply all this to a band rather than it being a subset of like another, someone else's vision. Like, yeah. it's just like, what, what, what can we do? Um, and then, so the, ne the very next thing we did was something called decomposition theory, which was like these algorithmically driven live AV shows mm -hmm. where everything would be different every night because algorithms were sort of spitting stuff out and we'd react to it. Uh, yeah. And it was really interesting. It wasn't very much fun. It was really hard, and it was quite um, it was quite uncomfortable being stood on stage, not knowing what was going to happen next. Wow! Um, so that was like a, wor a worthy experiment, but like not one yeah. that we we're likely to re to repeat. Um, and so, um, but never, but you know, we were still like, okay, but this is this is as I said earlier, it feels like there's a huge amount of potential here that's that's yeah. like legitimately unexplored, and you know, coming from the music industry. The music industry doesn't feel like it's full of potential. It feels like it's been dying for the last 20 years. It feels like a dinosaur. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very, it's backwards looking in so many ways. And like the, I still love albums as an art form, mm -hmm. but I've never understood why bands are supposed to just make records and go on tour. And, yeah. um, and like any sort of evolving that they've done, it's in the kind of social media space, which is like a whole other conversation. But you know, it's like it's not. I'm I'm much more interested in new forms for music, new ways of composing, yeah. new ways of presenting music. And so, um, so all of this led to record systems, which is like it, it's built in Unity. Um, it's built using uh, WIs. You know, it's built using the tools that you would normally use to make music or sound design for games. Yeah. But we've just gone, but okay, rather than make a game, because we're not, that's, I don't know how to make a game, you know, um, but I do know how to use <laughs> it. <laughs> like, yeah. um, let's use all of these techniques that people use to soundtrack video games. Um, yeah. And, you know, because there's music that can respond to, to outside control or, you know, player agency and whatever, let's like use these tools to make music that changes yeah. and is always different. But let's do it for our, for our own ends, and um, and so we did, and it ended up being like an infinite broadcast of sixty-five different autonomous music systems that all make music in different ways. Yeah. They're all recognisable as themselves, but every time one pops up on the broadcast, it's gonna it's gonna sort of manifest a unique version of its Whatever own sort of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. One of the things you kind of touched on was about obviously talked a lot about technology and stuff and obviously we we're going through the pandemic and we're kind of hopefully coming out the other side now. Um, okay. One of the really clever things that I found that artists, some artists were doing, were using social media to kind of get closer to their fans almost. You know, um, I don't know whether you're aware, but like we had the Sophie Ellis Baxter did the kitchen discos every Friday, you know, which was huge for certainly my mental health. Um, Cause I was stuck in the house all day, all week, mm -hmm. you know, not seeing anybody. Um, and it was just a, a way to release, you know, Kylie did it with her infinite disco, you know, um, across the world. And, um, and then, uh, band called Man Life Story, which we were talking about earlier, 
they released an album and they did a gig on the back of it on online. And it just boggles my mind that even now you don't really see that happening anymore or kind of groups, individuals, they're not using the kind of internet in that kind of really clever way because personally, you know, I will hold my hand up and say, I will pay you X amount of money, you know, or whatever you want so, so that I can watch you online doing your thing because to me it's like having you in my sitting room and I love that and I think it's fantastic it's really shame that we don't see an, uh, more of that really yeah and it's interesting like I'm, I I don't know what the Kylie thing was but I, I do know the Sophie Alice Baxter thing and yeah um, I mean I wonder I wonder how much of that is that like one of the one of the great promises of the internet was um the kind of or, or what it brought about at least was that the sort of on-demand nature of, of entertainment yeah. so mm-hmm. you didn't have to tune in at a particular time um you could kind of pull pull your yeah. uh, your entertainment whenever you wanted it um and then what was lost there is the sort of social aspect of the mm-hmm. sort of community aspect of knowing like you know i remember being a teenager before the internet when something was on tv the night before and then, yeah you know, like top of the box yeah, everyone would talk about it, and like mm-hmm. there's the possibility of shared experiences, uh, cultural moments. Yeah, social like social moments, experiences. Um, but um, of course, we're now also alienated from each other, to, and, mm-hmm. and what's encouraged is this sort of everyone's got their own version of the world, and and, yeah. um, and so, but suddenly everyone's locked down and just has a bit more time than they had before, and so mm-hmm. things can happen <laughs> at, at specific times suddenly were feasible because no where else is anyone going to be apart from in front of a, in front of a screen yeah. um but but now we're no longer locked down so i don't know mm. I, I don't know how that all will pan out will, yeah will pan out and um and in the meantime yeah like i see what you mean like i i, I enjoy um watching like it's not not every band but you know certain types of live shows on yes. youtube or whatever but, but then the other problem is that all that's all of that stuff's already there um, and um, will be there forever. Yeah. And, um, you know, if like 65, my, my, my band, we, like, we considered this on and off during lockdown, but I, I was in the, we were in different countries. Um, so it was very, that was just, it was just insurmountable logistically. Yeah. Um, and still wonder about it, but, uh, you know, it's, it's like an investment of mm. some cash to do it, to do it well. And then, um, it, it's a, it's still a niche, you know. People were paying. People, people do seem to be paying for online. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe there's a future there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, what is interesting yes. is for record for record yeah. systems, we run it um, uh, as a Patreon model. Like yes. the actual record, the record system stream is is free and it'll always be free. Um, but then the Patreon you model, can... it's got the usual things like a Discord yeah. channel and. Um, there's blogs and, and we kind of get like deeper dives into the technical side of things. And then there's mm-hmm. also releases that people can buy on Bandcamp, but they'll get them free. Awesome. It's the Patreon, that kind, you know, that kind, that kind of thing. And um, it's not a perfect model. It's, uh, we have to be very careful. And this yeah. is the other thing to sort of keep like generating content and yeah. like long lasting music or art, whatever. <laughs> These yeah. need to be different things. Yeah. Um, 
especially when you're talking about generative music, because technically we could just churn it out every week, mm -hmm. you know, but that's, no, that's not the point. That's, that's not, so, um, it, it, anyway, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, it's really interesting. But um, my final question would be, and this is a quick one for you. So what's next for 65? Can you talk well, about that? <laughs> um, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get many, uh, you're not gonna no get any exclusives, I'm afraid. It's all a bit, um, <laughs> we, we, um, the first year of wreckage systems, um, recently sort of due to a close, we called it like, the, called that the end of season one, because um, that was, we were sort of just building version two of wreckage systems. Like the first one came online and then for the first year we were actually, okay, now we, we really want to improve this and people sort of followed along and it was, it was, it was like a, a really nice arc. And then we launched what you see now, which is version two of wreckage systems okay. on, the, on the stream and, uh, and took a break because that was uh, in a typical, like a classic 65 tactic, we sort of over-promised and then had to keep uh, delivering <laughs> like week after week. Um, and it was, a, it, was a, it was a massive undertaking. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm really proud that we pulled it off, but we just needed uh, a break um, on that. Do you know so, what? Um, and that happens, you know, it happened with me with this, you know, um, I took a long break, mainly due to technology, bloody thing. But yeah, I totally get you sometimes need to take that break. Yeah, I get a bit of perspective on it, you know, and mm -hmm. there's definitely plenty that we would like to explore uh, in, in the whole record systems project as a sort of, um, as just another uh, track. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, I, we're starting to think about the band as a sort of like, you've got the sort of old, old school, old fashioned track where it's putting out records every three or four years and going on tour. Um, but then there's this kind of back channel for, for mm -hmm. the fans who are more interested, where there's things that appear on Bandcamp that aren't on Spotify. Yeah. Things like record systems can exist. And it's a more experimental space that's, inc that's incredibly valuable to keep us creative, like creatively oh. ticking over. Um, yeah. and, and fans who are more interested can support us, and, and that's really good. Um, but because we've been doing that back channel stuff for, for quite a while now, um, it'd be good to try and, you know, write, write a new record. But, um, but, 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 I mean, the big trap for every band, the one that we take very seriously is that um, we should never write another record just because it's time to write another record. Yeah. You know, it has to be a sort of a reason and an intent. So we're kind of like exploring, like the, the exploratory phase of yeah. new records. Because you feel we want to do something, but we don't know what it is yet. And so... Um, <laughs> I mean, so maybe, maybe it'll come quick, or maybe, maybe there'll be some other projects yeah. in the meantime to, as, as that sort of slowly warms up. Fab. Uh, so we will see. We're making it up as we go along, like we always do. <laughs> like everybody, especially the <laughs> yeah, minute. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to say a huge thank you um, for coming on, agreeing to be on the show. It's been a real honour. Um, Pleasure. Good luck with Wreckage Systems and good luck with whatever comes next. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Okay, bye.